Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I am your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey, yo. So today, we are going to be talking about the Sandman. More specifically, Sandman Episode 8, Playing House. So, before we get into this one here, we gotta give out those reminders. Gotta get at us on the socials here. Social. <laughs> so you can do that by... Get a sticker. Yeah, you can get a sticker if you we contact want to us. Up to you. Uh, you can do that by uh, sending us an email at fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. Or you can get at us on Instagram, which is fantasyrewindpod, or at fantasyrewindpod. Or you can do so at Twitter, at Fantasy Rewind. If you write into the show, whatever, we'll send you guys stickers. If you want one, just let us know. We'll ship them out free of charge. All right. Yes. Or just send us, even if you do like a rating and review, just send us a screenshot of that uh, so we know who <laughs> who did it. And we will definitely get like, hey, yeah, we'll send you one. That would be so helpful, especially on Apple Podcasts, because I know everyone asks for those, so I guess that's important, <laughs> right? <laughs> could be, could be, who knows? Um, so like I said, right, let's jump on in here. I just want to get going. Getting into the content yes. here. <laughs> we got to get this back on track. This is getting off the rails quick. Yes, I know. Um, All right, episode, episode eight, eight, Morpheus greets Rose. Jed is with Gott. That's our first realization here. And Morpheus tells Rose that the dream vortex is incomprehensible, but Rose can travel through others' dreams, which is a big point in this episode because we yes. see Rose traveling through people's dreams, which is probably my favorite part in the episode. Definitely a cool portion, yeah. Uh, it then flips to um, Jed or Gott in this like kind of retro-y like TVs everywhere. And it's like a, a really cool panel. scene. Yeah, control panel. And uh, she transforms into... Jed's mother. Rose and Jed's mom. And she's basically running this system where uh, Jed's a superhero. He's the Sandman. Now, this is similar to the comics in that um, in the comics, Jed does have... Sandman dream, adventures. Like, he escapes, and he is cut off from the dreaming, mm -hmm. and he is having these sandman adventures but what's different there is in the comics he's with some different people yes and so could you do you have those names of those people i think we know their names because they show up in a different way in the show here so we could have a certain dead husband and a mourning wife being represented mm -hmm. as superheroes along with jed correct and so this is where i was talking about lita uh was sort of taking other characters sort of roles a little bit. She took the mom's role, right? And then she still has her own role in the sense that she's with her dead husband, but not in the same way that she was in the comic. Right. In the comic, her and her husband are in Jed's dreams and they are the superheroes that fight these rogues gallery for, uh, for Jed. So to speak. And so this part here in the comics is very trippy because to me yes. it's like very campy superhero like old school mm -hmm. stuff and I wasn't the biggest fan of this part in the comics to be honest I was like oh it's kind of weird it, it it is it is a very difficult and a very 
complicated uh, thing to follow, actually. So that's why I said last episode where the the changes they made have made this a lot more accessible and a lot more. Uh, I think it was a very good change Agreed. because it made it, it allowed you to understand Rose's power better as the vortex, being able to walk through dreams and her impact on other people. It cleared up Jed's dream situation. And it gave Gaut, like, I felt like a very good... It was a very Gaut-friendly just... episode. Let's just say that. Yes, it was. I loved what they did with her. And, well, what I want to say as well is, like, Gaut in the comics is very different as well as what you get mm. in the show. In the show, it's just Gaut, you know? They're shapeshifter, you know, taking on the role of Jed's mom, giving him the love and support he's not getting in the waking world. And almost mm. acting as, like, a protector. And we'll talk about Gott's argument for change later on here. But contrasting that with what we see in the comics here, we see a very different duo of nightmares coming after uh, Jed here. Where there are two nightmares that are kind of taking Jed away from the dreaming and into his own little dream bubble area here and mm. they don't necessarily seem to be the most benevolent of creatures correct they have um they have some pretty big aspirations with jed basically they want to create their own dreaming of sorts if i remember correctly mm -hmm. and so it is very different again i think they the cleaned better. it up really well and i think yes it was really it was better and we'll talk more about gaw and uh, some of the changes and why I like what they did with her more towards the end of the episode. Yeah. But we'll keep going on. Um, basically, Jed is, he seems to be having fun in his dream, right? It is very fun, kind of upbeat, and then he goes out into the into his old neighborhood in Florida, mm -hmm. which you see later on, and all there, there's just bikes everywhere. He's like, I gotta find the children. I'm gonna save them. And um, he starts, he Basically, he goes, and he gets attacked by a bunch of rats, um, and that kind of reflects what happened, because he's sleeping in the basement, and he got attacked by a rat, which was a little weird, but I think it was more for the connection there. Right. And it really shows you the terrible conditions Jed is dealing with, right. with those terrible people, those awful people. And as bad as um, they are in the show, they're even worse in the comics. Like, oh, the rat yeah. bites Jed's hand, okay, that's, you know, not, not pleasant, but not going to be the worst. But then it also bites his face and starts eating his face in the comics. Yeah. And not a good situation. Definitely no. not where you want to be if you were a kid. Yeah, and you find out later their reasoning... Well, it's in the co in the comics, it's both of them doing yeah. it. In the show, it is really Uncle Barnaby, whereas the wife is complicit, you know, even though she doesn't want to be... She is complicit to the behavior because she's worried about what will happen to her, too. Right. Uh, but they're doing it for the money, for $800 a mm -hmm. month. So we have Rose. She kind of awakes to Matthew because she now knows that he will be following her and uh, keeping tabs with her. We then see her calling and talking with Unity because she's making flyers to go find Jed. And Unity is talking to our favorite collector the corinthian <laughs> uh the corinthian and he now knows where rose is i don't know how he's traveling so that's fast. what i was gonna bring up actually i was like i have i have no idea how the corinthian just like yeah. teleports <laughs> yeah 
It's a good question. Yeah, we we kind of start seeing too the effects of Rose Vortex powers in full effect in Lita's life. Right. And we're we're seeing these the intoxication of dreams for Lita, right? Mm-hmm. Because it started with her just having a conversation with her husband on the plane. Now she's uh waking up with him and having some, you know, banana pancakes and uh, a little bit of <laughs> a little, little love making on the side there. Ghost and sex. he's built them he's built them this house. Their dream house in the dreams and she knows it's a dream. He knows it's a dream, but maybe we can make this this crazy thing happened for us. Maybe we can have the life we wanted. Because if it was a dream, how does he remember everything? How does he continue to do things when she's awake? And it's making her question reality is what it's making her do. It is. Correct. And we and at first it's it's not really that big of a deal. She's just like, oh, this is just fun, whatever. And by the end of this episode, we start to see the like the it, it does start drawing her in mm-hmm. and having ramifications, right? All right, so then we go back to the dreaming. Morpheus is wondering how Rose wandered into his own realm. And this is, he's just, he's like, I'm not, (laughs) he's not okay with not knowing these things. He wants to have complete control. And this shows, I think, that he's, we've had some change with him, right? In the first few, in the first five episodes, we've had some change with him. But when it comes to the dreaming and his job, he is very much like, I need. I am the person who provides for this realm. I make the rules. I run it right. And we we kind of got that a little bit last episode where he's like, "Whose fault is it then? You know, it's my fault. This is the dreaming is on me." Right. And Lucian's trying to say like, "Hey, no, it isn't just you." And uh, I think this is great because you know, even though he changed a bit in the first one in his regards to how he viewed humanity. In this episode, or in, in this arc, we're seeing like how he views the dreaming and the 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 inhabitants there. Right, and that has not changed, like you just said. Mm-mm. Then we keep going on here. Um, we have some scenes more with Jed and realizing the money situation there. Uh, we have Corinthian, who's he finally finds Rose Walker, but then he sees that she's talking to to Matthew, and he's like, oh, oh. Let me get out of here. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> Turns around, makes a connection with Hale. We think we know his type, right? Um, but he is he's very much trying to stick around, but now he realizes that, oh, they're looking for this kid Jed. So I can get to Rose if I get this kid Jed and get Morpheus out of the picture. Because he's trying to get Rose since he can use her to, you know, further his goals and ambitions, right. which is to get rid of Dream. Mm-hmm. And continue to eat all the eyeballs he wants. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, really quick, I want to interrupt this conversation to talk about Corinthian eating the eyeballs. How mm-hmm. disturbing was that scene? He's like just popping them like a grape into his mouth and just like... Oh, yeah. Like When mm. he does, he gets to see everything they saw. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Which is why we'll, we'll get to it later on here. But So we have an awkward meeting with the foster lady. Mm-hmm. Um with the parents and you're just like sitting there the entire time yeah jed get that note in there get that note in there you're like yeah he got it in there yes 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 and then you know he gets called in later like we have to have a conversation about how well you got this into her bag it's like oh no jed no felt so bad for him and that's actually not how i thought it was gonna happen 
what I thought was going to happen is I thought that the foster lady was going to find the note and then Corinthian was going to pay her a visit. So I was half right on that part there. But yeah, because the Corinthian, she gets back to her office and Corinthian does find her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when she probably says, oh, I can't talk to you about this stuff. He's just like, well, you don't have to say anything. I'll just see what you saw. Yeah. Like, oh, I can find that place. No problem. Plop, plop. Kills her and uh, eats her eyes. And yep. Then he's off after that to go visit Jed's foster parents a visit, which as sad as it is, I'm, I mean, kind of happy oh, he went and visited yeah. them. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. They deserved it. They definitely deserved it. Uh, it. At least the husband definitely deserved uh, yes, it. Yes, they did. Um, or he did, Anyway, yes. Rose wakes up, though. This is this is where we get into some of my favorite scenes here, because in the comics, I really thought this was very trippy and wild, um, and it made a little more sense here in the show for me. Rose wakes up into Hal's, or Dolly's, dream, and is kind of opening doors and going into other people's dreams, which that dream was... That was a funky dream. It was a funky dream. I think I understood his dream a little bit better in the comics because there was a little more narration to it and everything else. In this one, like I was like, I, I it wasn't quite as um, descriptive because I think in the comic there was like little narration bubbles of like kind of what the character was thinking as they were dreaming those dreams. So I don't remember necessarily all the details because like mm-hmm. this one wasn't as clear again because it's a little trippy section in the comics area there yeah but as far as the portrayal on the screen that we saw here with Hale dressed as dolly ripping his face off being like this is not your face and he's talking to himself yeah and then it's Hale's face there and Hale's like that's not your face either rip in the other hand he's like they're like muscly flesh like mm-hmm. pretty gruesome and be yes. like I need another hand because I don't have any more. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, that went from a dream to a nightmare very quickly. Correct. And I think it kind of relates to what he was saying before. Talking with. I thought that scene with him and Rose where. He was like, if if Hollywood called right now, I would sell yeah. this house and I would go back, back right there. Like following your dream is super important. And I think in that in that nightmare, and I, I just hate saying it because I don't have it right in front of me. And I had some thoughts about it when I read it before, but it it was kind of like a metaphor for him, like either not feeling comfortable in his own body, not knowing who he was, or it was that like he felt like he was wasting away and not going to reach his potential but Mm. either way we can keep moving on from there uh she goes from hell's dolly dream into lita's dream where she is having some love making with her husband her dead husband and now they're no longer in like where she was but now they're in the dream house notice this progression with them like he was stuck to her like waking world location at first and then you know he led her a little bit deeper into the dream and now that she when she goes to see him she's in the dream like in the dreaming in this place that he created yeah Yeah. and not in like the set location that she was and so it's showing her gradual like going deeper and deeper more and more Mm -hmm. and we'll see more of that in a little bit here uh we then go into chantelle's dream where she's reading uh, a book that's going into the uh, Congre- uh, Library of Congress. Uh, Ken's dream, which is 
<laughs> a little of a weird. Uh, Barbie. Yeah, it's more of a nightmare. Yeah, he's naked and Barbie's locked in the car. In the comics, there was like some adultery things and things like that. Um, I believe with him. Yeah. Like, uh, we'll see what happens with that though. Um, I had put here though because we see Dream in that scene like show up and be like, "You have to lead the way," mm-hmm. and it shows that Dream is really a background character here, and like it's all on Rose to kind. Of, she is the protagonist. She is the main character here. She is deciding what happens. Uh, then we go into Barbara, Barbie's dream, and yes, this was my favorite. We got to see Martin Tenbones. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, so good to see him. We saw him in episode one with Barbie on his back. So mm, okay, nice little okay. callback to episode one on the intro into the dreaming. So I don't remember seeing that, so I'm gonna have to go back now that I know what to look for and actually yeah. check it out there. But I thought that Barbie's dream was very interesting. I thought I was like, oh, oh okay, so yeah. is I was like, is this what the Barbie issue is about? And so apparently, I'm not too far off base just by the face you're making. <laughs> yeah, uh, as I said, like I really liked that arc and again i've read a few different things where it's like this is a weak arc and it's ah, whatever but i always thought it was super interesting like but well if if they don't make it i will definitely reread it and then send it to you and we could talk about that issue by itself (laughs) because i would love to have a conversation with someone about it now and it like there's legit parts of that comic that are like creepy and i may or may not have had a a nightmare <laughs> a nightmare about it at one point in my adult life um anyway so let's see here she goes into zelda's dream and then she ends up into um oh i thought this was a good line because they were talking about zelda a little bit yeah and they mentioned how people seek home when they dream and i thought this was such a great way to wrap everything we had seen so far in those dreams even like um when we go back to um hell he's on the stage he's there hell performing yes, on the stage barbie like this was her like um i can't i don't want to say any more about that um but whole uh, world. not quite that <laughs> zelda like wanting to like find a place where she belongs in the graveyard um jed jed even like his dreams like you know this was his safe space and a lot of times when we think about dreams like they're they're so they can be so great right a lot of people love to go to sleep or enjoy that because their dreams can adventure be comforting yeah adventurous and comforting and yeah that was the line that clicked for her though and she's like oh i gotta go back to the house in florida call back to what happened earlier in the episode now this is where we get a little Oh, I guess dreams seems very heartless with God. Definitely. Because God genuinely wants to help Jed. Well, hold on. Let's talk about what happens here. How, how dream gets, gets them. Yes. Why don't you take it here? Well, so you see like basically a battle almost between dream and Jed, um, except dreams not having any of it. He's like, you know what? We are here. We found you. And I actually don't care that you're here. Like, yeah, Rose can have you. I don't care. I'm here for the nightmare. And so he goes and he takes the nightmare and basically 
shows uh shows them who is the true master of the dreaming here mm. yeah he you know she's like oh don't go in there you know and he's like i got this you're worried and um he goes to face him like oh, i'm the sandman and he's like oh this is cute it's like oh boy <laughs> you're the sandman huh yeah and you have to think about what this looks like to dream one this is a nightmare that's taken this boy out of the dreaming stolen one of his Correct. subjects Mm-hmm. and well one of his subjects stole well, yeah, yeah somebody yeah. who yeah <laughs> they're supposed to like service and nurture right and so even though she comes up and she's like oh, i'm trying to nurture him like you have to kind of see from dreams perspective a little bit like uh no you're you are a nightmare your job is to terrify people and you've had this kid cut off from the dreaming for how long like no you got to get out of here you've done a lot of bad it's kind of probably what he's looking at one you defied me too right obviously on top of it but so you when you think about it that way like his response does seem a little more justified it, it does seem overall because we've we've seen god's perspective and how she's acted with jed we are like no like she's like trying to more. make this kind of kind of fun for him and i think this is great we then have corinthian finding jed and taking him um which by the way the the uh, there's another part we're gonna get to but i want to just get this out of the way like when they're driving away like <laughs> i was like that's such a great scene yeah. like the music everything the big bad wolf yeah yeah thought i was, it was like, good that's thought it was really good um but we have dream with god and lucian are in the dreaming again in uh his castle or his temp, whatever you want to call it. And Gaunt talks about how she wished to change. And she didn't want to be a nightmare anymore. And that what she was trying to do was to provide the nurturing that that boy did not have in the waking world. And, and yeah, Dream was, was not, not listening to this. To that, no. Correct. He is like, we cannot change. We are who we are. We have a duty to go and do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. He is uncomfortable with the idea of his creation changing because that would have the implication that he has the ability to change. And I think to him, that's terrifying. What was interesting to me, though, about this is that you've already seen Dream acknowledge his own changing, though. You've seen him acknowledge the change with the Wandering Jew, where he wasn't able to like call him a friend at first and thought it was so ridiculous that this mere mortal thought they were friends but then over a century later he's able to admit okay you know what i'm here to see a friend and acknowledge that the mortal was right and you know what maybe it's not so bad for an endless to have a friendship with a mortal person especially now since he's immortal but so his relationship with humans has yes. changed yeah but that would like what he's looking at now is I created you to be a certain way. You can't change. Like, I think there's something more fundamental about that. Like, like my, me as a being, like what? I'm trying Unless to think about dream it, looked at it in that what they were implying was that dream was flawed and that what dream did mm. wasn't perfect. That, Cur maybe oh, dream yeah. made you to be a nightmare but maybe you don't want to do that maybe you don't want to listen to dream and follow mm -hmm. your your purpose and maybe you want a different purpose 
But what I thought was very important in this scene was Lucian talking about how I didn't used to be your librarian. I changed. I you know, evolved. And you were receptive to yeah. that. You were willing to hear that. And then when it comes time for for Galt or Galt, uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, for Galt to to change, it's like no, that's not okay. And so mm. Morpheus, I think, probably took it almost like to, as an affront to him, not necessarily yeah. like you're not, you can't accept what I gave you in yeah. life. Like I created you to do this job, and you're not doing it. So I agree. That makes a little bit more sense there. Like you're not fulfilling the purpose that you were created for. You are flawed. And therefore, like, I kind of made a mistake. I just, I really do think that there is, like, a big tie here. Because, you know, when we create something, sometimes our ego, his ego is in the way. That's what I want to say here. Mm -hmm. Maybe it isn't that he can't change, but he can't accept, like, his ego is not allowing him to think that, like, he can't do his job well enough. Because that would mean... Well, one, like he already blames himself for messing up by leaving the dreaming unattended. And so now it's not just that, but like, like maybe I've just been terrible at my job my entire yeah, existence. Maybe I messed up. Maybe I'm not good yeah. at this. Maybe, yeah, maybe like, oh my gosh, it, it just like, this is the one thing I can control. And right now I can't control it and I can't acknowledge that. So I think there's some really interesting things to like think about as we continue going forward with this but that's the end of the episode we forgot and then to mention be... one important thing with lita oh so oh yes yeah. lita is pregnant thank you for bringing this up because this was uh the piece i wanted to get to too at the end is we see at the end like you know rose goes up i found jed i found jed and leaves and lita's can't even leave like doesn't even want to leave the room right. anymore because now she's pregnant which occurred in the dreaming, and that's going to be really important, Dylan. Really important. Oh god! All right, <laughs> big major plot point that'll come back a little way later. So. Yeah, no, I thought that was just sticking with the pregnancy thing. There, that was very interesting to me because what that had me questioning was if Lita is pregnant in the dreaming or from the dreaming due to the vortex then what else could Rose do? Like, could Rose actually make it so that Hale's face was legit ripped off? That that um, Jed is a serious superhero? Like, what are the limits to her actual abilities? And I guess that comes down to what Dream said, is that he doesn't know. He doesn't know if it if there are any. Or what exactly Kind of a nice little do. cop yeah. out. So she can pretty much but, do anything is what I'm kind of looking at this as. Anyways, um, I think that's, I think, again, same with last episode. This is another great episode that's continuing to build. And I'm looking for a satisfying conclusion. Conclusion. <laughs> and this next conclusion. episode or the following one, whenever we get that conclusion. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so before we end this here, I just wanted to ask you about where you think the or i don't want to ask you where you think the show's going because i think you already know where the show is going here um I have some but i just ideas. wanted to ask you like what you think about the direction the show is going as far as like with this second arc that we're in right now 
with the progression of it, do you feel like it's a good place for the show to be? What are you kind of hoping for? Yes, it ties up some storylines that in the book weren't as connected as they are now. Um, And I think that the way they've done it is going to make it more interesting. And like you've said, adding the Corinthian in to more of this has just helped the show. So I I enjoy it all. I think it's going to be very satisfying when it's all said and done. I am very excited because I'm pretty sure they're going to pretty much stick to the whole collector's thing. Pretty, pretty true to the source material, which may be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also a little nervous about it because I don't know how far it's going to go. Um, but yeah. we are at the point now where the Corinthian actually is doing these things we're seeing in the comics as well as on the screen here. So we're no longer in uncharted territory for him. Um, as far as what happens next here, I have no idea. I'm right there with you guys. If you haven't read The Sandman, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm looking forward to it. I have some some feelings that this is going to be a very uncomfortable finale for, uh, for this. And I'm interested to see exactly how much Dream involves himself in the actual um, human affairs of what may or may not be coming up here with uh, with these collectors and their unfortunate victims. Well, friends, and all you fantasy nerds like us, thank you for sticking around for these episodes and continuing to listen. And please, you know, share the word, share the fantasy rewind with all your friends, family, and people who don't like fantasy or like fantasy. Who cares? <laughs> they can listen to us talk about nothing. Uh, just I'm rambling now. Anyway, uh, thank you so much. Um, again, share us some of your thoughts or feelings about the show, you know, things you might want us to talk about. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the flippity flip. All right. This is Two Nerds signing off. Goodbye. Goodbye.